In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. That's a very, very powerful and, um, I think, uh, sobering message and statement right there. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. How does God humble us? Because if we exalt ourselves, according to his words here, he says, you will be humbled. How does he humble us? In many ways. And sometimes painful ways. He can humble us through difficulties in life. He can humble us through giving us an awareness of our sins. He can humble us by allowing even tragedies and illnesses. All of it seems for us to be sometimes unfair. And what did I do to deserve this? But secretly, in all of us, there is this element of pride. It's probably the greatest and most common sin, is the sin of pride. And with the sin of pride comes the sin of judgment and judging others. They go hand in hand, so to speak. On the opposite are the two virtues of love and humility. It's very difficult for me to love somebody if I'm judging them. I can't. I either love them or I'm going to judge them. It's really that easy. It's really that black and white if you think about it. And in the same way, I'm either somebody who has pride or I'm somebody who is humble. For most of us, we kind of go back and forth. We're kind of doing both on a given basis, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, and so on. There are times when we're really loving, and there are times when we're really humble, and there are other times when we're really prideful and very judgmental. The key is, how do we come and stand before God? Are we acknowledging that in ourselves? And fundamentally, the Christian life is exactly about that, is about becoming aware of myself. What am I like? Not waiting for someone else to tell me, but kind of having that epiphany myself, becoming aware of that, acknowledging that in myself, that I'm kind of a judgmental person. I'm kind of a prideful person. Why? Why do I act this way? I want to change. I don't want to have those thoughts about others anymore. I don't want to judge others anymore. So that's the whole idea of, of the Christian life, is to become self-aware of those shortcomings that I have. And in the gospel we see two men who have a kind of self-awareness, but they come to 
entirely different conclusions. The Pharisee, he comes and stands before God and prays, just like all of you have come today into the temple to pray. But in his heart, in his mind, his prayer is not so much about himself, but about how he's not like others. In other words, his self-awareness is of how holy he is, how righteous, how good. And he's thanking God for this. That's the irony. He's thanking God. He says, thank you, God, for making me a good person. And then he enumerates all the good things he does. And yes, he does some good things. He, he gives to the temple. He tithes. He prays. He fasts twice a week. And he keeps himself pure. He doesn't do bad things. But, and, and those are all good. Those are good things, right? So he's on the right track. But then he makes a fatal mistake because he says, I'm good and I'm not like all those other bad people. Especially this tax collector over here praying in the corner of the temple. I'm glad. Thank you, God. I'm glad I'm not like him. And basically, everything he does, all the fasting, all the giving, all the prayers, all his struggle to be pure is for nothing. It's as if it, meant no, it has absolutely no benefit to his soul whatsoever because his self-knowledge is one of feeling self-righteous, better than others. And then, as you heard, this, the tax collector has a very different prayer. It's very short. And in fact, it's a prayer that you've been saying in this liturgy already for the beginning, from the beginning of the liturgy. It's very short. The Pharisee is standing up and praying in a kind of arrogant way. But the tax collector is on the ground. And he can't even look up. He doesn't even want to look up. But he's on the ground. You get the image. It says standing far off, but he will not lift up his eyes to heaven. It says, but he beat his breast. Sometimes he's depicted on the ground. There's a sense that he's bowing before God. He's really uh, in a very humble uh, Stance and, and standing in a very humble way, and he's beating his breast. Now, this, this beating of the breast was this ancient kind of, uh, it's a more of a Semitic uh, Jewish uh, kind of practice. This idea of you're beating your breast, it's a kind of self punishment. He's like punishing himself, he's literally hitting himself. Okay? And where is he hitting? His heart. He's hitting his, his breast. He's not hitting his head. He's saying, oh, I shouldn't have done that. We do that sometimes. Oh. Why did I do that? He's hitting his heart. Like, what is wrong with my heart? Why am I not loving? Why am I not living the right way? He's beating his breast. He's punishing himself. And he's saying a simple prayer. God, be merciful to me, 
a sinner. He doesn't talk about anybody else. He doesn't judge anybody else. He doesn't blame anyone else. He doesn't talk about the good things he's done. He simply acknowledges that he's a sinner and asks God for mercy. And Christ says that this man went down to his house justified. The word justified means saved. This man went to his house saved. By that simple prayer, who knows what the tax collector had done? Clearly the tax collectors were people who were greedy, they cheated people, they stole money, they were the enemy. And this man has a kind of a conscience, he has a crisis with his life and his behavior and he's coming to the temple to ask for forgiveness. And according to the words of Christ, he is forgiven, but not the other man. And so again, we have before us these two men and we have to ask ourselves, who am I like? How do I pray? Do I see myself like the Pharisee does? I think we all do sometimes. You know, we'll fast during the week and I'll think, hey, good job, I fasted. Or we read our Bible and we say, you know, I, I'm really good at this Bible reading stuff. Or uh, you name it. We do that. We get proud of our religiosity. We get proud of being Christians. And that's the danger. If we... Uh, grow in that attitude that somehow we're doing everything right. I'm an Orthodox Christian. I'm doing everything right. I'm, I'm following the rules. I'm good. I'm going to heaven. Not like that man that hasn't come to church in six months. I'm not like that. I come to church every Sunday. Or all those people who only come to church on Easter and Christmas. What kind of Christians are they? I come every Sunday. Or how can they take communion all the time? I take communion once a year. That's judging. We do it all the time. All of us do it. Even the priests. Again, it's ingrained in us. Pride and judging others. Why? Because it's always easy to point the finger at others. And it's very difficult and requires serious honesty to look at myself and say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. At the end of the day, your prayer is between you and God, no one else. When you stand to pray, it should be about how you are standing in front of him, not thinking about others. If you're going to think of others while you're praying, it should be to pray for them out of love and not out of judgment. So, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Think about if there are things that's happened in your life that have humbled you, and thank God for them. Because it's better that you were humbled in that way than to have exalted yourself in such a state that you damaged and harmed your soul. But if you humble yourself, God promises, if you humble yourself, 
on your own, coming to God as you have in this liturgy and saying, Lord have mercy. As you're saying that in this liturgy, that Lord have mercy is also for you. There's something you did this week. You judged somebody or you did something bad or you had a bad thought or whatever it was. Maybe not this week, maybe last week, whenever. When you're standing in this pew and I'm saying the petition and you're saying, Lord have mercy, you're not just performing that. It's not just a, a phrase that you're saying so that we can do the liturgy. That's your prayer. That Lord have mercy is yours. Is you, come, it should come from your heart. Bring to mind whatever it is that you did and say, Lord, have mercy. And give that prayer to God and he will forgive you. And it's not once. How many times do we say, Lord, have mercy? Maybe a hundred times in the liturgy. There's, so every time you could say, Lord, have mercy, you could think of something that you did or on behalf of someone else that you know is struggling. And of course, on behalf of what we're praying for, right? Peace of the world, uh, the civil authorities, good weather, etc., etc. Lord, have mercy. And then, as we get closer now, as we begin the second half of the liturgy, which is called the Liturgy of the Faithful, we intensify this effort of asking, Lord, have mercy, because we are praying and asking God to visit us with His Holy Spirit. We're inviting God. We're asking Him to come. And we have to humble ourselves so that He will come. If we all stand arrogantly, if a priest stands arrogantly, pridefully in the altar, he kind of inhibits God's coming, God's presence. So all of us, myself included, have to enter this church, when we enter through those doors, have to enter with humility, understanding that we are coming before God, like the Pharisee and the publican. We're coming before God, and we are humbling ourselves before Him. We are coming before God in this liturgy, and humbling ourselves before Him, just as He humbles Himself before you. How will Christ come to you today? Is there anything more humble than bread? Is there any food that you can think of more humble than bread? Christ comes to you sacrificed on the cross today, humbling himself, willing to be consumed, willing to enter into you in the element of bread. Is there, there's nothing more humble than that. And with that same, that should inspire us, that should awaken us a sense of humility as well, so that we come to Him, we meet Him here on the solea. When the priest turns, holding the holy chalice, that's Christ coming to you, and He meets you halfway, and you come up the steps, and you are joined. That's what happens, you see? He comes out to you. 
He humbles himself and comes out to you. He doesn't make you do all these things. No, he comes out to you. In humility, again and again and again. So this is why it's so important in this liturgy, in every liturgy, in every time you stand before God, that you come to Him in humility, in honesty. He knows everything. He wants you to be honest with Him. When you're honest with Him as the, as the tax collector was, then you will be saved, then you will be exalted, then you will be glorified and saved. But if we come before Him pridefully and justifying ourselves and instead with a judgmental heart for others, your prayer will not be heard. Love and humility, as St. Cosmas, uh, the Ayatollah said, love and humility are wings that will make you fly to paradise. Love and humility are two wings, are the wings that rise you up and lift you up to paradise. Love and humility. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.